Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Chair Conversation Podcast. This is the open, honest, authentic space for us to have dialogue together on life through the lens of faith. It's a space to listen, to grow, to be encouraged, and maybe even challenged as we navigate life together. I'm Pastor Jessica Morris, and I'm excited to welcome you to today's conversation. Today, we have the privilege to sit down with Marquis Walker. Marquis, a native Memphian, is currently the choir director at Hope Church Memphis. Marquis has a lifelong love of music. At the age of 12, he was hired as a church organist, and little did he know that that would start his entire career. With persistent practice and dedication, his skills expanded, and he is now not only an accomplished musician, but also an arranger, writer, composer, producer, and studio owner. Marquis has won numerous stellar awards and has been nominated for both Grammy and Dove Awards. In this episode, Marquis shares his journey in all of the highs and lows along the way. His story is powerful, inspiring, and full of reminders as we navigate life's ups and downs and as we learn how to grow along the way. So let's get to it and meet Marquis Walker in The Green Chair. Marquis Walker, you are in the green chair. I am in the green chair in the white room. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Man, this is such a blessing. So uh, I know we love you. We see you all the time doing choir, doing on front line, on stage. But I want to hear the behind the scenes, Marquis. So I want (laughs) us to tell a little bit about your your story. Um, Starting at 12. Actually, you may even go back further than that. But I didn't know this about you. At 12, you were hired to be the organist yeah, I, in a church. I, I was. Uh, 12 years old. I, and the, the irony of it is I really couldn't play at the oh, time. Oh, really? <laughs> but so my my mother had a, uh, she had a choir. And uh, she had a community choir. And it was very popular at the time. She was over that choir. She, play, she plays organ as well. And so, uh, you know, they would always go out singing at different places, different churches, uh, different programs, and we had a huge band. We would we used to. Have, this is back in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, we were we had two drummers, like we had an electric drum set and a regular drum set. We were the only choir in probably America <laughs> at the time that had that. My mom's choir, but I would play just a little Philly and stuff, like little string lines, a little mm-hmm. horn lines. So it was like really simple stuff. And we went to this church, uh, Pearly Gates. And the pastor heard me, uh, Reverend Ernest Gillespie. He heard me. He he saw me. He came to me and said, "I want you. I want you to come and play for us." And he told my mom. And my mom looked at him like he can't play. <laughs> and his words were, "He'll grow as we grow." Wow. And you know, we'll watch him grow. We'll grow with him. And sure enough, he hired me. And uh, I mean, I'm 12 years old. I'm making 75 bucks a week. That's what I was gonna say. You're making money at 12. <laughs> so I'm like, shoot, yeah. you know. So I, I didn't even care the fact that I couldn't play. Like, <laughs> who cares that I can't play? I'm making. I'm 12 years old. I'm making 75 dollars a week, and this is in, like I say, we're talking about. Uh, I can't remember when I was 12 years old. This was 88. Yeah, yeah. 1988. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I, so I did it. But the the caveat to that was that the church was a pretty popular church. Uh, they had a broadcast every Sunday night, 6.30, which meant everybody could hear it. So the first night, the, the first weekend that I played, the first Sunday that I played, of course, that night, 
Um, you know, hey, I'm listening to the broadcast. And it was hard. <laughs> I was hard, but not yeah. it. The church was fine. Yeah, yeah, the preaching yeah. was fine. The singing was fine. The organist, horrible. <laughs> so that made me say, okay, all right, Mom, I think I need to really learn how to play. <laughs> and from that point on, that's what I did. Wow, that's really neat. Okay, so walk us through your journey since 12. I mean, starting at 12, you start to be, obviously, you start to be the organist, you get better, yeah. you practice, and then kind of what, what happens after that? So, um, so yeah, so I'll stick almost to, to the 12, move up a couple of years, 14 or 15. I was, um, I met some guys that had a beeper shop. And uh, I was always kind of into stuff. Uh, I was driving early because I mean I'm playing at church at twelve. Oh yeah. And yeah. so I was, you know, mom and dad kind of got tired of taking me out there all the time. <laughs> so I was driving a little bit earlier than I was supposed to have been driving. <laughs> uh, and I'll let to say that I was doing a lot, so I needed a pager. Mm-hmm. And so I got a went and got a pager. And uh, this was before I was sixteen. And uh, the 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 beeper shop that I got it from. The guys were real cool, real friendly, and they noticed that once I got one, I was bringing other people to them to get them pages, and so it was like, man, you 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 know how to you know. So they mm-hmm. they had me to start helping them out selling pages at schools, and and then obviously they got to know me, so they started know they they ended up knowing that I had some some feelings with music. Mm-hmm. Just so happened they had just bought some equipment and set it up in the back of the beeper shop. None of them had any type of musical experience or musical background at all. So they had no clue as to how to work any of it. They oh, just wow. bought it. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, you know, mixing. it wasn't like a full studio, but it was a nice setup. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, come back here and check this out, see if you know what to do with it. So, of course, I went back there. And from that point on, and like I said, at this time, I think I was 15. From that point on, I would get out of school and I basically would go up there three or four times a week. And they actually started paying me $15 every time I would come up there just to do stuff. So I started laying little tracks down and stuff. And that's how I learned how to start doing that, how to actually oh, wow. create music. Because I, I was figuring out the stuff as I went, too. And I started laying tracks here and there. And and uh, next thing you know, I ended up making a, and this was before, again, this is all early 90s. So this was even before CDs came out. And I will never forget this. I had did about 30 songs. And uh, all instrumental kind of music, real inspirational, uh, easy listening type of music. And um, I remember one of the guys, the guy, one of the guys' names was uh, William Turner. That uh, he, was a, he was a tech guy. So again, he didn't know anything about the music, but he was a, he, and to this day, that we are still the best of friends, William Turner, Anthony, Anthony Pittman. Uh, but William was always a tech guy. So... He was like, come here, check this out. And he played something for me, and he was playing the music back. I was like, okay. And then he hit rewind, and it started going, and he played again. I was like, what's that? And that was the first time I had ever seen a CD. So what he said was, man, we need to put this out. And sure enough, they did. So while I was in high school, I actually had a jazz CD out that was actually selling and believe it or not, I am not kidding you, to this day, and I could literally show you messages in my inbox from Facebook or whatever, people are still buying the CD. It's called Marquee. Oh, my goodness. Just sitting in. 
Just um, sitting in. Yep, it's I a want purple. the CD now. People, people always say, "Man, I still got that purple CD." It's a purple <laughs> CD, and it's a, a couch, and it's you know, it's like I said, this is a long time ago. That's but really I, neat. but that allowed me that CD allowed me to start doing shows. So I was doing shows, and again, this is I'm coming out of high school. I'm doing shows with the likes of Kirk Wellam, um, Wayman Tisdale, mm -hmm. uh, Guy Rest His Soul, uh, Michael Phillips, uh, which is a saxophone player, uh, actually one of the first saxophone or first musicians that ever got a, a branding deal with Nike, Michael Jordan. Oh, wow. So, but that's how popular he is, or he was. And so those things led to other things. Those things led me to be able to start working with different people. And, and I was, you know, at that time, I was, a, I was a pest. Like, I would get on people's nerves, like, hey, I need you to listen to this. I would call them all the time. I would, I would find, figure out a way to get to them. And it worked. <laughs> like it worked. I literally went from that to started. I started working for some R&B uh, labels, um, uh, Universal, mm -hmm. and I was traveling back and forth from Houston, uh, being Houston a week, being being Memphis a week, being Houston four weeks, be back in Memphis, and I mean, I was it was great. Like I was really doing a lot of stuff. Uh, again, and again, it, it wasn't like that was my passion to be a musician or a producer. Mm -hmm. It just it happened. And That's it's crazy. just it's still happening. Yep. That's really neat. Okay, so lessons along the way. Uh, lessons along the way, um, well, it's a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> but mainly, you know, at one point in time, I've I've never now one, you know, I've always been a, uh, or I've always tried to remain humble, uh, you know, try to stay humble, know whose I am, mm. and I've you know never had to got to the point where I got the big head. Uh, but I say that to say that there were some times where I, you know, I would make a lot of money and that would kind of go to my head. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would say as far as lessons go, you know, at the time when I was doing all that and I was giving all that and I was giving all these different things, granted, I was in church and I was, and even then I was still, I was, I've always been in church. I've never not been in church. That's never been the case, regardless to what I was doing. Uh, even when I was traveling on the road with different artists and stuff, I would say, well, hey, I got to be back on Sunday. Now, and it wasn't because I had to get back to make a check because technically I would still get paid. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be back because I wanted to be at church. Now, that said, although I was in church, the church wasn't fully in me. And I'm just being totally honest, it wasn't fully in me. And so I'm saying that to say that things that I would get or things that were given to me, it was taken away just as quickly because I wasn't doing the right thing with it. You know, I went into paying tithes. I went into, you know, I just yeah, went there. Yeah, yeah. I went there spiritually. And so lesson-wise, that was a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, was, that <laughs> yeah. was an obvious lesson. Sounds like uh, a big lesson. Yeah. You know, I, I look at, I even look at things where there was a couple of times where I could have, when I say been a millionaire, mm -hmm. there was a couple of times where there was, that was actually real. And I, when I got older, and I learned different lessons, and I went through different things and saw different things and, and just became, you know, just got more wisdom and not that I'm just the, the, the huge, uh, you know, obviously I'm not old enough to have that much wisdom, but I have, <laughs> I'm in the middle of the road. Yeah. But I'm saying that to say that I looked at it as, man, if God would've gave me that or, or if I would've gotten that then, I would be terrible now. Hmm. I would not be here. Mm -hmm. Like I would not be, literally, I would not be here. Not saying that I would be gone and dead and gone, I just want to be here. Mm -hmm. And where I am now, I love it. 
So mm-hmm. I'm glad that those things didn't work out mm-hmm. because I'd rather be here than just out in the world doing whatever else. Mm. Wow. That's yep. exciting. I mean, it has been really amazing having you on our team, and especially through this weird season we've been through, right? Like, you guys have done so phenomenal with, um, a few weekends ago, we had the Acts Prayer Service, and you're doing the boxes on screen with our (laughs) choir, you're educating our church. I think the conversation I had with you was like, we're getting to see right on King Jesus Mm -hmm. in an evangelical Presbyterian church. You're educating (laughs) us on the history of it. I love it. Like, I love what you're doing, um, being on staff, what you're doing with the choir, um, I know you've had to pivot quite a bit with yeah. with the choir. Yeah, definitely. It's uh yeah, it's been a whirlwind and, and it's funny because uh so April we started doing the Zoom thing, of course. Yeah. And I never forget uh two choir members, uh Shar and Deanna, text me and it was like, You sh- you heard about this Zoom thing? I was like, What's that? you know? And so <laughs> and she was like, Well I have it. Why don't we try it out and maybe we can use it with the choir? And oh, wow. so one Sunday afternoon, we just uh, we jumped on to see how it worked. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Maybe we can try it out. And so uh, one of the choir members, uh, and I love them all. Shar is a, she is the she is the MVP because, and I say that because she purchased a subscription to to Zoom, so you know that we can have yeah, the, the time and this. And I was like, I said, we don't need that. We're probably only going to be on here a couple of weeks. You know, maybe. Maybe that's eight, what we all six, thought. eight weeks. That's, yeah, that's what we all thought. Little did anybody know that yeah. we was literally, we are still doing it now. Yep. Uh, but what, what, what that did do for us was, um, if anybody knows me, I'm really big on just camaraderie. I'm really big on just family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I tease them all the time. I tease the choir members all the time. And I always say that I do not want you walking past a person in the choir, in the congregation or in the hallway and not know who they are. I always tease them about that, but I, you know, but I mean it. Like I don't want you to walk past somebody, being in the in the foyer, hmm. not realizing that you just walked past a choir member. So I'm real big on making sure, you know, community, making sure we know, we know each other. So I'm saying that to say that what Zoom did was what I started doing after I realized we were gonna kind of be on there for a minute. Um, I just started doing this little thing called getting to know us, hmm. and so basically I would get one to two people to share their background of, of uh, where they came from, how they became a Christ follower, when they became a Christ follower, where they, and I say where they came from in the point of, you know, background from uh, culture and, and, and church. Because, you know, we, I, the reality is we know most of the people that are at Hope didn't come from Hope. Uh, they came from another church mm-hmm. more, more than likely yeah. for the most part. And so just kind of got that whole uh, thing going and that turned into something that I did not, I wasn't expecting. Mm. And I say that to say that uh, because of the closeness of the choir, everybody's story was extremely vulnerable. Like nobody held back. Hmm. And when I say nobody held back, I mean nobody held wow. anything back. So they told stuff that they have never told people. Wow. And so obviously what did that do? Hmm. That just made everybody closer. Yeah. Because now you got people telling stories about things that happened to them, that happened to some other ones in the choir that figured, well, this this hadn't happened, you know, this is I'm, it's only me. Nothing yeah. like this has ever happened to anybody else. Lo and behold, they're singing right next to a person yeah. that 
this same detrimental thing has happened to them, but it has it has greatened their faith. Um, it has given them a, a better perspective of life and following Jesus. And now they have somebody to grab onto that has experienced the same thing. So we did, we ran that for the bulk of the year. That's really great. I really love that. And you know, one of the things just thinking through your story is I have just loved um, you not being afraid to step into these new spaces and just constantly learning and growing, learning and growing. Learn, I mean, from yeah. 12 to 16 to uh, now being the choir director and then to Zoom and you're just constantly leaning into these new spaces. And I really love yeah. that. And not being afraid of change and not being afraid to learn something new and do right. something new and, and to make something be a little bit different. Uh, so I would love just final thoughts from you on particularly for people listening that are wanting to, that are needing to learn and grow, that are needing to step into new spaces. I mean, what would you, what would you encourage people on? Um, a couple of things. I would just say, you know, uh, don't be afraid of, I do not know. Like, don't be afraid of those, that phrase. Yes. I do not know. Because if you don't, if the, the things that we feel like we have to know mm. is the stuff that can keep us from receiving something like actually receiving a blessing or or just being in the right space at the right time because we feel like we got to know so we're in the wrong spot um i mean look at adam and eve they felt like they had to know and you know we see what happened with that so it's uh just kind of saying i don't know or i do not know but i'm willing to figure it out i'm willing to learn and letting that formulate how it does and let that play out how it does the other thing is uh that's been just really, it's, especially now, obviously, with the times that we're dealing with, uh, is Matthew 6 and 34. Mm. And literally, in layman's terms, it's just telling you, worry about today. Yep. Worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow because obviously we can't do anything about tomorrow. Yeah. But it says, you know, uh, so do not worry about tomorrow because today there's enough trouble for today. So worry about today and just live. Let me get up tomorrow and focus on today. Mm. When I get up the next day, I'm going to focus on today. When mm. I get up the next day, I'm going to focus on today. Instead of getting up today, trying to focus on next Tuesday. Mm. There's no point for it. Mm. And again, the scripture tells us that. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, and like I say, at this point, we're all kind of in this, this world of, you know, we're, we're, we're starting, we're starting to come out of yeah. the, uh, the, the, the virus funk. Yeah. But it's still there. Yeah. And so, you know, trying to figure out, you know, man, when are we going to be there? When are we going to do this? When are we going to be able to do that? When are we going to be able to just worry about today? Yeah, I really, really love that, too, because I think even in focusing on today, uh, particularly looking at your story, right? Like today, what's in front of you was a to to be a to lead the organ, right, to do the organ. And then today what's in front of you is to make these CDs or to practice, and, right. you know, to learn something new. Today, choir, you know, so I think it's stepping into the things like, I think we worry so much about what is tomorrow or right. the next thing going to hold that we need to step into or what do we need to do. Um, even when you think of calling and purpose and all of that mm -hmm. stuff, we worry about way down the road, but what do we have in front of us? You right. know, what is going on? Like, I don't even yeah. know how to play the organ, but I'm just going to learn, right? I'm going to do you it. Go. And you learned as you, you went along. So I think that that's so perfect is just one day at a time. Just, just do today. Do today. Do today. I like that. Marquis, thank you so much for being here with us. This thank is you a for blessing. having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
And that is a wrap for our Green Share conversation with Marquis Walker. Thank you so much for being here with us. Remember, today's conversation doesn't have to end here. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts about today's conversation or even topics or people you want to hear from. So feel free to send me an email. Also, we would love for you to take a moment and encourage someone today by sharing this conversation with a friend. You can also watch any previous conversations at hopechurchmemphis.com GCC or on YouTube as well as listen on any podcast apps. Love you guys and I'll see you next week.